1: Hello, and welcome to the Sky U podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go A U Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> I don't know either, but let's turn it over to Blake. I will go for
0: This is me waking up when September ends.
1: All right, so this has been a good news, bad news day uh, for most Minnesota fans. Not the ones who cheer for the Indians, but well, the not rest yet, of us. Not
0: yet, not yet. Let's not put the cart in front of the horse just yet. It could be a bad <laughs> day for me as well.
1: Uh, So if you're a Twins fan, uh, let's just uh, move along from that and instead turn to the return of Rashad Bateman, who was officially approved by the NCAA for a waiver to return to college football. If you recall, Bateman, uh, right before the Big Ten canceled their season, Bateman withdrew for COVID reasons uh, when the new testing regime was uh, kind of rumored and made a little more uh, available um, he decided to re-enroll in school because that you know removed his covid concerns uh, and then in turn he had to pay back his agent that he'd signed with for any money that the agent had fronted for training and all those kinds of things once that was done they applied for a waiver and boom suddenly minnesota has their Best offensive player, most exciting wide receiver, uh, you know, athletically and forever, uh, possibly ever. And it officially tipped me over the edge from, hey, okay, we got football into super damn excited for football, uh, which has been hard for me because COVID's, you know, a, a joy suck. Um, Blake, does this – I mean, do, do you actually see this as an automatic, like there's an extra win on the table or anything like this from – Rashad Bateman, or for you, does it just kind of more solidify the floor of what this team is capable of?
0: Um, I really just don't see him making much of an impact this season.
1: <laughs> All right, fuck you, Andy. Going to Andy? No, you lost your chance. Uh, <laughs> what do you what, what do you see from from uh, the Rashad Bateman for his impact uh, on the Gophers now that we officially know he's back?
2: Well, well. First, I'd just like to say when I heard the news this morning, the uh, the first thing that popped into my head is the uh, the modern American poetry from from one Marshall Mathers. Um, guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Bateman's okay, I, back. I like I no, I have friend. to turn it
1: back. To, I have to turn it back to Blake now. You got it. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I should earn
0: it back after that. That's just unacceptable.
1: <laughs> All right. So let's recenter and refocus. So far. Mm-hmm. Blake has taken a truly exciting moment and run away with, it makes no difference. And I mean, I'm not even going to talk about what Andy did. Um, I don't know. I'm just excited guys. Like this seriously, this is legitimately the thing that moved me into being fully excited for football. Rashad Bateman is just that transcendent uh, a player that watching him is so much damn fun. He's so damn fun to watch.
0: I, I will say that one of the most disappointing things when like they first announced, I mean, when he first decided to opt out and we had an inkling that maybe a season was going to happen, they hadn't canceled just yet, but we thought maybe there might be a season. Um, the biggest thing was just we felt like, you know, if we felt like it was the right decision for him, we understood his reasons for it, but um, it just, you just can't help but wonder, like, what if? Like, we were robbed of a year of one of the best wide receivers in school history. And now that we get him back, it's just kind of like it, we get a second chance at having that that special season with him. And I mean, we'll get into a little bit later how his role in the offense, what the offense looks like for 2020. But I mean, it he obviously is a big boost to that offense. He's a former first team All Big Ten, Big Ten Receiver of the Year. I think he was third team All American last year, and he's just a freak um, athlete, freak wide receiver. He's fan, he's he's so good at everything. Um, and I think he, you know, he said himself he. Wanted to come back for a third year. He thought he could use another year of development for the NFL. Um, and so I'm just excited to see what he, what he can do. And I certainly feel a lot better about the receiver core, which was without him was going to have to replace two first-team all Big Ten wide receivers, which is a tall task for any wide receiver core. And um, this wide receiver core, led by Chris Holman-Bell, has a lot of youth and inexperience, too. And I think, obviously, having him back is really going to help that
1: group. Andy, do you – I mean – for, for my part, I, I agree, youth. Uh depth is I wouldn't say depth is a concern, but experience is certainly a concern um in the wide receiver core. Andy, how do you feel knowing, you know, the skill set that this coaching staff, PJ Flack, um, Matt Simon, how how they do with developing wide receivers with with a with a guaranteed anchor, uh yeah, a guaranteed uh talent like Rashad anchoring that core like how does that make you feel uh, as far as the the ability to develop those younger receivers?
2: Well, I think it just gives them one more year of development. I mean, I think you'll still see some potential play either from uh, from redshirt freshmen or, or for true freshmen at some point this year, especially when they go three wide or even four wide sets. Um, but I mean, just having having Bateman back and making sure that you know in your in your typical you know your typical twelve formation, you're going to have Bateman and, and Chris Hotman Bell on the field. Um, and, yeah, I mean, losing Tyler Johnson is a, is a major loss, but we, we all sort of had confidence that we thought that that Cab could step in and, and play a, a much more significant role this year, and he's going to obviously have his, his first crack to, to show off. Um, but, you know, just realizing that you're going to have that stud on the other side. And even, even if Bateman, I mean, I think that what this really means is this should be a breakout year for, for Ottman Bell. Because, you know, Bateman's going to get all the attention. And they're going to force Otman Bell, and they're going to force whoever the his third receiver is. Whether that's Seth Green, whether that's a freshman like Douglas Emelin, whether that's um, Demetrius Douglas. There, he, anybody the Minnesota face is, is going to say, Alright, we're going to double the crap out of Rashad, you beat us with your other receivers. And I think... You know they they still do have a, a good crop of receivers and and they're going to get be able to uh, to step in and, and get more confidence and get more playing time and and hopefully it just sort of uh, you know spreads out that the riches and and uh, you know obviously it's going to mean that there's going to be a lot more competition for those three four five spots than there might have been um, previously but uh, I think that's a good thing too.
1: I guess Blake, who would you see as being this year's Rashad Bateman. And by that, I mean the the young player who really steps out and makes an impact. Um, I mean, I think Rashad was always expected. And maybe we don't have the same expectations for a, a freshman or a redshirt freshman that Rashad did when he kind of came on the scene two years ago. But um, who do you see kind of fill in that role as being the the younger guy who um, you know, in his first opportunity to really shine uh, shows off some athleticism and some talent.
0: Yeah, the two guys we keep hearing about um, from camp are the true freshmen, Daniel Jackson and Douglas Emelian. Um, and I don't know, know much about them. Obviously, I haven't seen them play. You know, practices are closed to media, so we only get to know what they want us to know. But uh, it sounds like those two are the ones that are in competition for the wide receiver rotation. You hear, I think, Seth Green's in the rotation for that top three spot. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what those two guys can do. And I mean, it's it's like you said before, it's not a lack of depth, it's life lack of experience. And I feel like um, Fleck and, and Matt Simon have a pretty good track record in terms of evaluating my receivers and, get, and getting the guys in that they think can succeed in their offense. So I have faith that these guys um, can at least show some flashes of their potential this year. I, I certainly don't think anyone should come in expecting them to be another Rashad Bateman or another Tyler Johnson right now. Um, but I think that, they're going to have good years, I think. At least be contributors. I mean, they're going to have to be because obviously Rashad's going to draw a lot of attention on defense. And Cab can only do so much. You really really need three good receivers. Um, Kind of like the way Cab supported Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman last year and and got his targets, got his touchdowns. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to to see who kind of blossoms as the season unfolds. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think there's talent there, and I, I think it'll be one of those two true freshmen.
1: All right, expanding it outwards a little bit uh kind of looking at the whole offense where i mean i i guess i, I would just say i mean I, I think our goal here is to kind of preview the whole offense but uh what andy is the you know maybe uh, we've talked a bit about the wide receivers who besides the wide receiver what position group has uh you know the most um excitement for you on the offensive side of the ball
2: well, if we believe anything that P.J. Fleck and Matt Simon and Mike Sanford have been saying for the last six months, uh, it's got to be the tight ends. Um, we all know that uh, in in the previous Gopher system, tight end was sort of an afterthought, and, and uh, from everything we're hearing from everybody, uh, Sanford uh, has high plans to, to make the Gopher tight end a focus of the offense. So I think, um, you know, we talking about who we think could be that third breakout receiver, it might not be a receiver it could be brevin span ford finally living up to the hype that he's had for the last two years and breaking out and becoming one of those you know travis kelsey type obviously not like travis kelsey but you know putting up that type of offensive receiving threat downfield as a tight end um you know so i'd be i'll be kind of excited to see if they if they do get that involved and uh, and hopefully span ford uh or you know some of the other go for tight ends on the roster can uh, to take advantage of that. Um, you know I'm I'm looking forward to a full year of, of Mo Ibrahim as the number one back. I think we we know what we saw him as a true freshman two years ago. I think he's only improved, so I think he's he's going to be a strong number one for you. Um, but obviously there's questions and who's going to step up and be the number two. Um, you know, and then, you know, as we'll discuss in a little bit here, I think the offensive line has some questions. Um, just, you know, they return basically everybody, but it sounds like a couple of those returners, uh, might not play quite the same role they did a year ago. So, uh, that'll be something to watch. But, uh, but if I had to pick, if I had to pick one spot to potentially break out, I think it's definitely the tight end spot.
1: Blake, what portion of the offense kind of worries you the most?
0: Honestly, as Andy hinted, at, it's the offensive line, um, and I know a lot of people are very excited about the offensive line coming in this season because we returned basically the six start six starters. I know there's five offensive line, but we basically had six starters last year, um, and obviously there's been some. I don't, know, I don't want to call it off-season turmoil, but it's just been an interesting offseason. And, you know, Curtis Dunlap, the starting right guard last year, entered the transfer portal for a day and came back in. You know, obviously he's dealing with some things um, that we don't know about. And, obviously, there's some uncertainty on the status of Daniel Falele, who came in spring camp in rough shape after recovering from his injury, and then he obviously missed spring camp as that got canceled. And, you know, his status is a little uncertain right now. So that's, that's the right side of your offensive line. Um, and if you recall from last year, those first first three games of the season, those non those non conference games were very rough for the offensive line. That was there was a huge learning curve there, a lot of growing pains. Then they got into their bye week and they looked you know infinitely better against Purdue. But look at the season. There's no non conference season. There's no bye weeks. Um, I think the advantage is that there's a lot of upperclassmen. I and mean, even if you take Dunlap and Flaley out of there, you've got a, a starting five of what I would be John Michael Schmitz at center. He's an upperclassman. Connor Olson and Axel Rushmeyer at the guards, both upperclassmen. And then you've got um Blaze Andrews and uh, Sam Schluter at the tack positions, both upperclassmen. So there's so much experience on that starting five. I it's not a huge concern. Um but still you just worry about the offensive line gelling, especially when you're changing have guys kind of shuffling around. But uh I mean there's talent there and then there's obviously there's the concern too about depth and this is kind of a recurring theme, but uh, we just don't know what they have behind those starting five. I mean I caution to say they don't have any depth because we just don't know. I mean, there's a lot of young guys with lack, with less experience, but they could be guys that are just, obviously one step away from being a starter. Um, but obviously we wouldn't, we don't know what they have in those guys until they see the field. And obviously if they're seeing the field this season, it's not exactly probably ideal scenario with a starter injured, but, uh, yeah, I just think there's a potential to, for this offensive line to be really good. I think at the end of last season, they were probably one of the best in the big 10, but, uh, with some off with, with an offseason that's kind of shaped up to be a game of musical chairs, I just have a concern with how quickly they can gel and get to the point in the season where they're where they're a really good functioning offensive line.
1: If you could make, I'll start with Andy on this one. If you could have one major change happen for this offense uh, compared to last year, I'm not talking personnel. I'm talking. Um, schematic or somebody i'm not talking personnel in terms of um well, i guess i guess what i'm really trying to get to is if you could have one major growth area happen or one major change happen schematically what would do you think would make the biggest impact for this offense to improve over last season
2: um i mean the offense last year to be perfect last was pretty damn good so. Exactly.
1: So, so what if you had to tweak one thing? What would you would you may you know take and improve Tanner Morgan's uh, completion percentage even a little further? Would you would it be the emergence of a tight end receiving threat? Would it be, you know more uh, you know vertical pass? I don't know. Just you know, what I'm saying like just if you could change one one thing, what would uh, what would you see kind of turning this offense from? uh you know, great to epic to elite, fully elite.
2: I mean I, I I guess, you know, a little bit more um a little bit more explosivity in the running game. I mean there were a couple times last year I guess where you could say the running game got slogged down a bit. Um you know uh and then obviously the gophers made hay through the air um so they they were able to overcome that but you know it'd be it i guess you know i think that would be the thing that would be the best to see it a little bit more well-rounded would be you know being able to run the ball a little bit better in 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 times and and be able to you know not have to rely on on tanner morgan hitting bateman and, and and cab and others for you know 30 completions a game um but you know, if, if that's what's going to happen, as long as the offensive lineman can keep Tanner clean, I have faith that if that's what needs to happen, that's what can happen.
1: Blake, I guess you know, when I look at the season for me it's you look at the two losses, a great season, 11 and 2. You look at the two losses and you can't help but feel that the Gophers were a, a little bit uh, out-schemed in both those games. Wisconsin, they definitely we the the Gophers never really adjusted to the to the press coverage that the Jim Leonard and the Badgers put on them as the game went on. Uh, Iowa it kind of felt like it was more of a defensive problem at first, but at the same time, the offense never really got going either. They seemed to stick to a game plan that never really broke them out during the first half. Do you feel like uh, you know there are opportunities for um, Sanford and Simon to learn from that and and? actually see changes or do you think we're still in a position where uh it's a kirk as long as we win by one point we've won a game kind of offense
0: and that's the big. That's the big question: is how much is the offense going to change um, now that they've switched from you know Kirk Schraka to co-coordinators Matt Simon and Mike Sanford? And um, obviously, it's going to be a, a mending of the two what they did previously, but also bringing in. Obviously, Fleck is bringing in Mike Sanford for a reason. He likes him as off, offense coordinator. He likes his style. He likes the way he runs an offense. So obviously, he's going to have some input, and it's going to be different. Um, I definitely think there's you know, there's room for improving it. As, as Andy said, um, you know the inside zone run plays last season were kind of hit or miss. They they did really well attacking the edge um, in the outside zone, especially against Nebraska, which is a, which is a great example of that. Um, but just the run game wasn't always there. And you know in a game like Wisconsin, when they when Tanner's under so much pressure, you know they. They jam the wide receivers. They've got delayed blitzes from linebackers. And that's just, that's kind of Wisconsin's bread and butter is to just attack, 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 and not give you any time to make those quick passes. You really have to be able to rely on the running game. And, you know, Mo, to his credit, had some good runs in the second half last year, but they just couldn't do it with any consistency and they just couldn't get the passing game going. So I just think it's, it's going to be about establishing a better balance. And, you know, obviously this, obviously this is just speculation because, I mean, I don't know how exactly the offense is going to be different. But um, yeah, I guess I'm just curious to see if they're going to be more of a pass heavy offense run heavy. To me, the biggest takeaway from, from Fleck this past three years is he's just very ball controlled time of possession. You know, we think of them as a quick scoring team, but that's just because they have, expl- they've had explosive playmakers and Rashad Bates and Tyler Johnson, but really Fleck just wants to control the clock. He wants, to, you know, hold on to the ball and just wear teams down. And we just didn't see that it's done last year, just because the passing game was so elite. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the the running game take a step forward because you know I've and I've been very vocal about this about that I'm bullish on this running back group. I think there's a lot of talent there um, that and uh, that we just haven't seen yet. And I know one of Fleck's favorite you know metaphors this season has been you know taking the
2: lid off the grass
0: or lit off the jar letting the grasshopper hop out with the seniors leaving and these younger guys stepping up. So I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing who those pair and a spare are um, at running back and how the running game can kind of evolve under Sanford.
1: I guess I would normally ask who you your prediction for offensive MVP or something to that nature, but I mean if you're answering anybody besides Rashad Bateman or Tanner Morgan, I feel like we're just you know
0: <laughs> we, we, could do, we could do breakout player. I think there's beyond those two. I think there's a lot of candidates for for guys that haven't gotten a lot of attention before.
1: Okay, that's fair. So okay, so Andy, who's your breakout player your your prediction for for biggest breakout on the offensive side of the ball.
2: Well, I swear I'm not related to him, but I'm just gonna stick with what I've ran with all, all podcasts. I'm gonna say Brevin Spanford. I think he finally if, if we get an offensive set where we're gonna feature the tight end passing downfield, I think uh, I think Tanner Morgan's gonna be able to take advantage of his size and his athletic ability and use him as a as a third wide receiver and hopefully use him like we've been wanting a tight end in the back of the end zone to be used for the last fifteen years. Um
1: Since what, probably Spath?
2: Yeah, honestly.
0: Remember when? Remember when we wanted Nate Wozniak missed all six ten to be that red zone threat? I don't think he got a single. Oh, yeah, I think he got one target in the red zone in his career, but.
1: Well, in Woz's in Waz's defense, and you know I have a massive man crush for the Waz. I mean, he never he he was very much a. Go-A-U-Fur type of tight end, which is to say not necessarily the, the strongest hands in the game for, there, for making root there, catches.
2: There's a reason when the Saints put him on their practice squad, they switched him to tackle, yes. Um, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the tight end because I think I think that's the most logical spot where we will see something different and we will see somebody break out. Um, you know, I think, uh, as Blake will probably predict, I think there, whoever slides into that number three wide receiver spot will have a good chance and or whoever fills that number two running back spot will have a good chance um you know i i I, my my only problem is i think there's just too many candidates and we haven't seen anything literally anything since
1: january January i mean honestly yeah
2: so um you know i i could i could pick one but it would be basically all on rough speculation based on what's leaked out of out of the u of m camp and things like that so (laughs) which um, which we know blake is a big fan of everyone's having a good camp everyone's having
0: a great offseason guys i don't know it's going to be the best season ever
2: so so i'll just stick with it and say it's going to be brevin spanford who's going to be uh is going to develop into a, a strong uh number three option in the red zone
1: for the gophers okay blake your breakout candidate
0: i'm gonna go with bryce williams uh i really i really like mo abraham and a lot of a lot of people were kind of down on him especially two years ago they kind of thought his thousands yard season was a bit of a fluke um and i think he's great but i really think bryce williams is that combination of power and speed that few others on the roster have and i think they they registered him last year for a reason they knew they didn't just want to waste season with when they had rodney smith and mo Ibrahim and shannon brooks but uh um, I really think he is a special talent running back, and all he just needs is, is some more carries. And he, shoot, he showed some flashes his true freshman year of that playmaking ability, and I'm excited to see what he can do with some more carries. And I think he is going to possibly be the one that takes everyone by surprise at running back and has a really good year.
1: I just want to put a, a special plug myself. I would like to see them implement a – uh, tackle eligible pass play to Daniel Falele. I don't know if the kid has hands of any kind, but I like tackle eligible pass plays. And I demand PJ Fleck, uh, uh, Mark Sanford, and uh, Matt Simon. I demand a tackle eligible pass play well, to we, Daniel Falele.
0: We know he can carry it. Uh, exactly. Sprint, sprint he's, sprint already, he's, he's already got.
1: He's got his fridge touchdown. He's got his fridge running touchdown. I want a tackle eligible pass play to him.
0: Like that could have been because his his touchdown was in the spring game last year. I think this year, if we had gotten a spring game, that could have been the time to get him his touchdown. But uh, maybe.
1: Well, now he's... you can do it against uh, Maryland or Illinois or somebody. I'm all for it. <laughs> all right. Um, well, this is this is truly an exciting time, friends. Uh, we have Rashad Bateman back on the Gophers roster. We are now. Oh goodness, 25 days away from, uh, college football, uh, in that it actually includes the big 10. Um, as if you've been watching any college football, I honestly have watched very little, but the little I watched included the Kansas state upset of, Kansas state upset of Oklahoma. Uh, there is still magic to be found even in these trying times of COVID, uh, when it comes to college football. So, um, Look for us to continue to preview the Gophers as we get closer. We'll do a little defensive preview as well as talking about any other exciting things that have happened in the past week next week. And then, I mean, after that, it's basically game week. It's basically time to talk, uh, talk, uh, you know, Michigan. And it's weird to think of a season opening with Michigan, uh, especially a season opening in late October with Michigan. But here we are. The oddity of this year continues and... Uh, with any luck that means uh, a little brown jug um, you know makes its way in. Uh, before we kind of close close this edition of the of the pod, do either of you guys have any final thoughts you want to share?
0: I just have a question. Um, this is following up on our pod from last week. Did either of you catch the season four premiere of Fargo?
1: I did not, but only because I'm kind of in a mode where I sort of feel like I'm gonna give a couple episodes so I can binge a little bit. I, I'm not, I've been binging all COVID, all quarantine, and it f- would feel weird to have to wait week to week, if I'm honest with you.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm definitely a week to week guy. That's what I grew up on. And I just kind of like, I've never been a big binge watcher. I, I like to let the episodes, my, this frustrates my wife when we watch shows together, because I cap it at, at most two or three episodes a day. Um, really? Yeah. Cause I just like to let, I like to let the episodes marinate and just like, let it, like, cause I feel like I read a study somewhere that, it, that when you binge watch something, you retain less of it. So if you spread it out, um, you end up retaining more of it. And to me, I, that's been true of my experience. I feel like I enjoy it more when I wait week to week. So I don't, I don't mind that at all.
1: That honestly, I could see that being true, um, or at the very least, you if you might be able to better retain uh, some detail, like when did something happen in order, kind of a thing. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Well, so, so sorry, I I can't give you a. An uh, uh, early thumbs up, thumbs down on this season because um, I haven't seen any of it yet. But uh, as I, you know, was clear to say in the the pod last week, I'm a huge stand for uh, Fargo, so I have very little uh, worry that I'm gonna dislike the new season. Yeah,
0: I was. I I like the premiere. It was a good setup. I mean, it wasn't like a blew me away or anything, but I'm excited to see where it
1: goes. Excellent. That keeps me excited then. All right, friends, um, thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of the Sky U Podcast. Stay safe, keep washing those hands, keeping your mask on because if you don't and you let things get out of control like the state of Wisconsin, you may screw up football. And I'm officially excited for football now, which means I will shake my fist at you. In the meantime, go Gophers. Sky U Ma, row the boat.